indeed. We serve an awesome God. Can we praise God in this place? Help me thank God to our praise team and our choir. It's so good to be here, for this is the day the Lord has made, and we ought to rejoice and be and be glad in it. If somebody on your road and they don't look glad, make sure you commit to praying for them on this day. Because God has truly been good. He indeed is an awesome God. Can we praise God one more time in this place as we celebrate what he's done in our lives and the lives of our baptism um, candidates, those who celebrated in baptism. We're just so excited about what God is doing. And if indeed the Lord has transformed your life and you want to testify it by uh, being obedient unto baptism, we invite you to respond at the end of our time together that we might set up a time that we too can celebrate your decision to follow Christ and go into believers' baptism. I promise you, that it will be an experience that you will never forget. Well, if this is your first time with us, we've been in a series through the letter of James. James, the half-brother of Christ. Uh, we've been looking at God's Word and the practical lessons that God has for the believers that our lives might, and our behavior might reflect what we declare we believe. Now, I got one amen. That's probably the only one I'm going to get um, during our time together uh, because, Big Drew, uh, we got some rough waters to, to go through here as James continue under the inspiration of God to challenge us, the believers, to always remember God's will for our lives. I invite you to join me in the fourth chapter of James on this Sunday as we conclude this chapter. Let us see what the Holy Spirit has to say to the church. Look there with me at 13th verse of the fourth chapter. God's word says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Oh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to look at this passage with this thought in our minds, making plans. If you don't mind, why don't you just say that, making plans. I see my, my, my colleague and my, uh, one, one of my favorite uh, schoolmates in the house, uh, Pastor Cedric Murphy. Man, good to see you and your wife. So glad uh, that you all are with us and your mother-in-law. So glad you are with us on this Sunday morning. And to all our guests, we're glad you are here. I know that you could have worshipped anywhere, uh, but you've chosen to worship here. And we're so grateful that you indeed have done so. But now I have to... Ask a few questions, if you don't mind. 
If you do mind, I have the mic, so I'm going to ask him anyway. But how many of you make plans? See, only three people raise their hands. I'm going to plan to pray for most of y'all in here. Uh, Truthfully, uh, all of us, uh, if you've been living a few years, uh, have a propensity to make plans. Now, some of you have been planning for your life all of your life. There's some, uh, I believe, Shannon, who are so gifted with planning that they don't just plan for the day, they plan for the month, they plan for years. I mean, they have their 10-year plan, 20-year plan. In fact, some in here may even have a 50-year plan. I don't know. I'm not necessarily cut from that that cloth. I've been married, Janae, for 26 years, and uh, my wife can tell you who the planner is in our family. See, my plans kind of go like this. Um, we were, uh, one day, we were, we were, I uh, was setting our summer plans. This is our, our summer plans. Uh, Keanu knows where I'm going with this. Um, our summer plans. And, and you must know that I am, I by nature am an optimist. Mom, I believe that, that things will always work out. That's just how I am. And so, so Tabitha, I, I typically, when I plan, I, I kind of wait till it's necessary to plan. To plan, then, then just to spend time. I was about to say waste, but I'm not going to say that. Uh, spend time on, on, on long-range plans. And so one, one year, you're going to get this. I mean, you're going to appreciate this. I know you will. Because our family of six were, were planning to go on summer vacation. Now, I, I say they were planning. I do the summer planning. That's what I do. And typically, I wait for the week before I think is the best time for us to go to to make, don't look at me like that. I'm just telling you to, uh, to make these plans. And so one year I planned uh, the week prior for us to go to uh, Washington, D.C. I wanted the kids to see all the monuments. I wanted them to, to, to know their history, see the Smithsonian, see the new African-American museum that was open. I mean, I had a plan. And guess what part of my plan was? My plan was that we were all going to fly on standby. <laughs> That's exactly what Kiana said. I, I thought it was a great plan. And guess what? My plan worked out. Uh, don't look at me like that. I just told him, y'all go ahead. We'll catch up when we get there. We all, we, at some point, Doug, we're all going to get together. Now, you're laughing at my plans. Uh, and I don't mind you laughing at me, but the truth is, I'm pretty certain that you've made some plans that haven't always worked out. Hmm? Some of us have made plans for our career that by now we'd be somewhere in our career, but that may not have actually worked out the way we planned. In fact, most of us, if not all of us, have made plans to be in a certain career only to realize that God had other plans for us to be in another career, um, and that's the career that we find ourselves in. We make plans, and plans alone are not evil. Making plans are not outside, is not outside of the will of God. In fact, if you understand God's Word, God's Word encourages us to make plans. God's Word encourages us to dream and have ambitions as all of us should have. However, when our plans become so busy that we plan God outside of our plans, then our plans have brought us 
into a place where God does not desire for his people to be. Are you with me in this place? Because James is writing to believers. He's not writing to those who are outside of the will of God. Don't miss this, that this letter is written to those of us who are living under the lordship of Christ. And it's so that in this context, there were those who made up the congregation that had their own businesses, Peggy. And so periodically, they would make plans as merchants to go into areas uh, where they could sell their merchandise, exact trade, and make a profit. Some of you right now saying, well, pastor, what's wrong with that, Fred? I mean, you would think uh, the Bible said the man doesn't earn, he doesn't eat. If man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. I tell my young sons that all the time. Don't come to my house here. And... I'm sorry. <laughs> so we, 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 we make plans. There are those in the text who Lucas are making plans. You saw that at the opening of the reading where James is calling attention to the way they make their plans. Check it out. They're planning on what day they're going to travel. He says, you say, today or tomorrow we will go into a certain town. They're planning on where they're going to go. Uh, There's nothing inherently wrong with that. They're planning on when they're going to go. They're planning on how long they're going to stay when they go. They're planning on what they're going to do as they go and what will be the benefit for them going. They said, we're going to make a profit. But what is missing in the declaration of this plan? I heard you. You got got it. He is the answer. I mean, there it is. God is missing in their plans. You know, Christ himself talked about a rich man making plans similar to these in Luke 12. For he said it this way. He said a rich uh, young ruler, one day he had a great year, and in this year he had a profitable uh, crop, and he looked at his crop, and looked at all that he had, and he surveyed how good the year's profit, the year's income had been, and he saw he had no more margin uh, for storage. So he tells himself in Luke 12, I'm going to tear down my barns, big, bigger barns. I'm going to store everything I have. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. Now, that part of drinking. I don't know if he was Baptist or not. I just know that that's what Jesus said it was in the text. Um, he said, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. But later on, said, he said that God then says to him, uh, you fool, because today your soul will be required of you, and what will be made up of all the things that you have gained? He made plans, but his plans did not include God's will. We can plan, and I want you to hear me, we can plan for life's uncertainties confidently only when we live for God dependently. I want you to hear me that God is calling us to exercise a healthy dependency upon him, his will. His way for our lives. Because the truth is, since we don't know everything, we can't plan for everything. 
Uh, but God knows all things. And when you align your plans with God's will, then you realize that God's will is the best plan for your life. I'm not in here by myself because some of you can testify. There's some plans I made that I thought I checked off all the boxes. I thought that it would come to pass. But the truth is my plans don't always work. Anybody up in here can tell the truth. Uh, my plans didn't always go the way I planned. In fact, by now I planned I would lose 20 pounds and that's just not, um, not going the way I planned. But right here in the text, James lifts for the believer's consideration a few problems. And gratefully, that with those problems also offers a solution. You see there, first of all, in the 13th verse, he says that there's a problem with planning without God. There's a problem there. The question I have to ask each of us to consider is, is there any thought of the Lord in all of your planning? When you planned out this day, did you consider God first? I mean, that's what Christ teaches us in Matthew where he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Listen, planning without God blinds us to his purpose. This is what James is saying, that, that somewhere in their planning, they have a, a misplaced confidence in their plans. That when we have more confidence in our plans than we have in God, our plans will always lead us into problems. In fact, the truth is that if you've been living this life for a while, you realize that that's one of the realities of life, that in this life we will have problems. Okay, uh, some of you look like you've been having it made in the shade with a glass of lemonade for a long time, but the rest of us in here can testify that we've lived long enough to know that no matter the best made plans always seem to be encountered with problems. That's really what James is getting at when he's writing to the believers, for yes, the first problem is planning without God. The caution is that planning without God blinds us to his purposes. The solution then is to start with seeking God. Why? We start seeking God because, verse 14 says, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Mm -hmm. uh, Grandma would say it this way, I may not know What's tomorrow will bring, but I know who holds tomorrow. Here's a text. He says, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. What is your life? And he shows us that life itself is life. Is, it comes with its, its uncertainties. Oh, so there's a problem. There's a problem with presuming about tomorrow. It, it happens when... When our human ambitions become human arrogance. When they decide more, uh, they decide to describe their plans more than seek God for what their plans were supposed to be. They had a plan for their lives, but that plan did not humble itself under the sovereignty of 
God. Don't misunderstand me. You ought to have a plan for matriculation that uh, someday I'm going to graduate. I mean, to all the college students, I can tell you on behalf of your parents, uh, we don't expect for you to stay in school all your life. At some point, you're supposed to graduate, have a career, and then get on with your... I know my son is listening online. Yeah, yeah, get on with your, with your life. Yeah, that, that, there's a plan, and that's good, but, but your plan must always come under, under surrender to the will of God. He asked the question, what is your life. Here's a caution. All of us, we all live one event away from eternity. All of us. I mean, you've been inundated with the news. You've seen the chaos that is happening globally. I know you've paid attention to the conflict that's in the Middle East. And what you realize, if you really look at the devastation and atrocities, we pray for all the loss of lives and those families that are grieving. We pray for what's happening there. But check this out even from a personal perspective. There are those who are in Israel, those who are in Palestine that had plans for their lives that did not include the controversy that's happening right now. That, that one day they, they had plans to, to go to work and to go to school and, and to, to go about their, their daily activities not knowing what's going to happen next. And now all of a sudden there's chaos of an unprecedented scale. Well, this is just a relevant reminder for each and every one of us as we pray for those nations that are in turmoil that we too live at any given moment in a time and season where the unexpected could happen. Oh, you're looking at me like you understand this thing. Have you ever been there before? I mean, you may not be in the Middle East, but have you been there before that one day you thought to your mind, tomorrow I'm going to do this and that. Look, y'all, I'm pushing on 50 and some stuff's happening in my life that didn't used to happen, Dr. Al. I don't know. I made some plans for my life and every now and then I get up and realize there's some muscles that I didn't know existed. I'm not in there by myself. We make plans, and then all of a sudden, there's some things that will come that can change your plans. Why? Because what James reminds us is that there are some uncertainties about life. There are some things that will happen. That's why Proverbs 27 and 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. If you've been living a while, you know that days uh, can all of a sudden, without your permission, bring in problems, loss, suffering, calamity, chaos. Many of us, we've had plans, and yet our plans were met with childlessness and joblessness and, and dreams that seem to be deferred and financial crises that you didn't expect, didn't know was going to come, but that problem came anyway. There are some marriages that were met with unexpected divorce. There are some things that have happened in life that we did not know would come and if we did know we probably would plan differently but because we don't know one thing we do know is that the uncertainties of life will happen even to the best made plans. But with life uncertainty he also raises the reality of life's brevity. Look there in the text. 
says, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. He is reminding us that our lives, no matter how long it seemed to live, be living on this temporal plane, it's really a short time. Life goes by quickly. You ever notice that the longer you live, the quicker time seems to, to go? I mean, for somebody right now, you know, some of our younger people, they're looking like, nah, Pastor, you've been preaching now for 16 minutes, and this is taking a long time. <laughs> but for the rest of us, if you've been living long enough, you realize that it seems like things seem to be speeding up. And is it just me, but is it that the older you get, the younger older people seem? I got one amen in that house. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I used to think this age was old, but I know better now. No, no. We, we, we still young. In fact, I told an 80-year-old in the earlier service, I said, listen. He said, well, pastor, what you going to say about me? Because I'm past 80. I said, well, if you could find one person older than you, that makes you young. Oh, but life, life is brief. Psalm 39 says, oh, Lord. Make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadth. That's the width of a hand. He says, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Look at the text. James is saying, consider how brief our lives are. So perhaps in making plans, we ought not plan to spend our lives, but rather invest our lives. Amen. I hope you hear me in this place. And so he says to the believers, he says, instead of just boasting about what you're going to do, instead of just making plans without considering God's providence and sovereignty, look at verse 15. He says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. Why don't you try that? Say, if the Lord wills. Let's try that one more time. If the Lord wills. There you go. He just says, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. He says, if the Lord wills. Now, now I got to teach you here because what he is not saying is that these words are some kind of mantra that we just meaninglessly say as we, we go about our day. That, oh, oh yeah, I, I, I tacked God on it. There's not, these are not, if the Lord will, is not any uh, magic words that if I say it, then all of a sudden my will will become God's will. Uh, uh, but I know, I'm talk, I know who I'm talking to. Um, um, Christians, believers, this is also not words you use for an excuse when you don't want to do. <laughs> what someone is asking of you to do. You know, you know how we are. Uh, you don't you come uh, to this, you don't come to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, if the Lord wills. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So we can come back and later and say, oh, well, I guess the Lord didn't will for me to. I know who I'm talking to up in here. He, he, he says to us, and saying it, he says, if the Lord wills, is, is speaking not just in what we're saying. Don't miss this. This is not speaking repetitiously. But in the context of the text, it's speaking humbly, knowing God's authority to approve and override anything you plan to do. Did you get that? That, that you live with a healthy awareness that God in his sovereignty can always make changes to my will. Okay, listen, I, I, uh, um, I'm going to talk about, about myself. Anybody here, you, you parent kids? Anybody here, you still parenting kids? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm still praying hard for you. This section looks, looks deep in the parenting area. I'm praying hard for you. Any of you, you parenting or had the privilege of parenting teenagers? I'm looking for fillers right now to make sure you have all your hair. I'm just, just checking to make sure. Uh, uh, you're parenting teenagers. You, you've been in that experience. I, I've been there because sometimes uh, teenagers, I don't know if it happened to girls because my, my daughter's my favorite daughter and, 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 and she, she, she don't give me too much, ish, well, you know, praying about that. But anyway, um, but have you ever run across your, your, your teenager uh, making plans like they run things? You ever been there before? Teenagers, don't, don't disconnect on me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I promise you, I'm with you. Uh, but, but pay attention here just for a moment. Uh, have you ever been there where they say, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to that party. Yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to do that. And you're like, uh, you're going to do what? And they have to adjust it and say, well, I got to see what my dad and mom, I want to see what mom says. Come here, saints of God. Because anytime we do not acknowledge God's sovereignty in the course of our planning, what we're really saying is that we are in control and God isn't. But the Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not to our own understandings, but in all our ways you know the word, don't you? Acknowledge him. Have an awareness of him. Know that God blessed us. Check this out. That if you're living today, it's because God has blessed you to live. If you have breath in your being, it's because God has given you breath. If you have activity of your limbs, because God has given it to you. And the Bible says, let everything that have breath, everything that have breath, let everything that have breath, praise the Lord. And you ought to praise God when you have breath. Because if you ever lose your breath, you realize, you know what? I need God to give me, yeah, I need God to give me, give me breath. He, he, he warns us, he challenges us to acknowledge God's authority to overrule any plans we may make. And that's why it's important that before you plan, you plan to meet with God. 
I hope you catch this. Because in this life, there are so many uncertainties. But one thing that is certain, that even though I can't control it, God can control it. Even though I can't predict it, God already knows it. And when you connect to God, you realize that no matter what comes, no matter what the conditions are, as long as you have God, you can have peace. Because even though you don't have all the details, God has all the details. He's the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's above and and not empathy. He's the Alpha and Omega, which means before you get there, God's already there. And by the time you get there, God's, God will show you that he is there. And when you get through what you're going through, you'll realize it was God who's been carrying you. That's why you ought to place your trust and faith in, in him. In all your plans, make plans to be in the will of God. Well, the safest place to be in all this world <laughs> is in his, is in his will. Oh, we saw the problem. We saw the problem of being presumptuous about tomorrow. We, we, we see the question of what is your life, and, and life is uncertain, and life has a brevity, uh, but we ought to live it in gratitude. You know why? Because you have an opportunity as you live this life to connect your life to the God who gave you life. And when you do that, you realize what Jeremiah 29, 11 is all about, where God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. So when you're making plans, plan to align your plan with God's plan for your life. Life and you realize that God's plan is backed up with his purpose and his promises and his provisions and his protection. I'm trying to help you understand something, that the best plan to make is the plan that God has for your life. He, he warns us in the text that we ought to align our plans with God. And as we turn the corner for a close, look with me then. At verse 16, because he says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. So we put ourselves on the throne. But all such boasting is evil. Why? Because we can't create one day for ourselves. In fact, if God doesn't will it, we won't make it out of here today. Everything we have is a result of God's goodness. So look what he says, verse 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, to that person is sin. He said, in light of all that God has done, in light of all that God is doing, Believer, you need to examine your life to make sure that you are not guilty of the sin of omission. Uh, that's when you know what God tells you to do, but you omit doing what he says. See, the sin of commission is when we commit those things we know that we shouldn't do, we commit to doing them. But then there's a sin of omission that God's been telling me it's time for me to give my life to him. 
God's been telling me time and time again, giving me chance after chance after chance, saying, you need to get your life right with me. God continues to bless me with opportunity to get to know him better and to know him in a real way. And yet, if we're honest, many of us have been omitting that opportunity, not taking it for ourselves. That is a problem. Putting off doing good is the problem. The question for us to answer is, is where have I failed to follow him? What has God been calling me to do? I've been trying to ignore it. I've been so consumed with my own plan and my own will for my life that I haven't surrendered that part of my life to the will of God. I encourage you, brothers and sisters, to obey God immediately. Psalm 119 and 60 tells us, I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandment. Listen, God is always calling us to get closer. No, last week we talked about where he says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Submit yourself unto God, resist the devil and he will he'll flee from you. God is calling us to go deeper and further with him. Today we have an opportunity to respond obediently. The writer Hebrew says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. See, God is telling you he has a plan for you. And the plan God has for your life far exceeds any plan that you have for your life. You see, when God created you with life, he, he created you for his purposes. He knows you. He knows what he has in store for you. But you have to be willing to humble yourself before him. Say yes to his plan and purpose for your life and follow Christ obediently and respond to him immediately. I want them to keep Hosea 10, 12 on the screen. And I want you to see what God's word says. He says, sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, the, the hardness of your heart. For it is time. And all that we see happening in our lives and in this world, it is time to seek the Lord. That he may come and rain righteousness upon you. We invite you to bow your heads all over the building. Because it's time to seek him. The only way we can face uncertainty with confidence is to trust God 
to be totally committed and dependent upon his will for our lives. It begins by responding immediately in obedience. The Lord is calling you. He's inviting you. He's welcoming you into his plans. So, Father, it's in the name of Jesus that we call upon you, thanking you so much for this opportunity you've given us to, to hear from you and to be prompted by your spirit to align our lives with your life. Help us, dear God, to to Flee the vanity of control. Flee uh, the arrogance of thinking that we can do things on our own accord, by our own rules and our own way, and, and help us to see the futility of, 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 of just trying to do it on our own, that we, we fall into pits and we, we go astray. God, help us to say yes to your will. We say you surrender everything to you trusting your plan for our lives. You planned for us to know of your love through Christ Jesus. So you sent him that we might see your love in demonstration that if we come before you, you declared through the blood of Christ, you'd forgive us of our sins. You'd cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to take that step of faith and trust you come to you. Seek you while you may be found. Save us this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.